you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Moutier, and I'm here today with Matt Fleming, Director of Marketing at LoadSmart. How are you today, Matt? Doing great, thanks. And uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. So today we want to speak about marketing activity and the topic is exactly how we measuring marketing excessively, question mark, which is a great topic because I have been victim or I've made my marketing people victim of, <laughs> of measuring excessively. So oh, well. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. But before we get into the conversation, Matt, could you please introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit more about the company you represent, LotSmart? Sure thing. My name is Matt Fleming, and I lead marketing at LoadSmart. Uh, what LoadSmart does is LoadSmart's a technology company, and we leverage technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning uh, and combine those with uh, deep industry partnerships to help shippers like the Coca-Cola company, as an example, uh, move freight across the country a little bit more efficiently. Oh, sounds excellent. So, so Matt, as a marketer, you are obviously uh, requiring to prove the value of the activities you drive and measure the, the ROI of this activity. Uh, so I guess you can report to your management and, and to your board as to how successful your campaigns are. But do you believe that marketers are focusing too much in driving short-term results and, and by doing that, uh, technically compromise activities that are fundamental from brand building perspective, but are also other to measure? Yeah. So the, the short answer to that, and I'll, I'll give you a caveat in one second, but the short answer is yes, absolutely. Let me just say up front that because I'm sure, you know, there's some very like passionate views on either side of this. So let me just say up front, like, attribution and measuring ROI are incredibly important parts of marketing. Uh, there's no way you're going to get around them. But what I'd say is what's happened over the past, call it 10 to 15 years, is that companies are looking to attribution analyses to define their marketing playbook. So it's not so much like they're, they're, they're defining their marketing playbook and then using attribution analysis to kind of measure, you know, what they should be working on, right? Or what kind of had the best return. But they're using that attribution analysis to define everything that they do. Everything that marketing should be doing is kind of defined by the attribution analysis. And typically, ROI is revenue, right? Gross revenue. Maybe in some cases, margin too. Yeah. In my opinion, is that like that has some real fundamental flaws, even more so if you're a B2B technology company and you have a longer sales cycle. Specifically, I think there's I think there's like three problems. I think uh, so. Number one, taking that example of like a a B2B company, you know, with a, a reasonable sales cycle, there are likely dozens upon dozens of touch points that occur over the course of a six month sales cycle, right? And the reality is, is you probably only track at best half of them. And then I think when you combine that with the fact that the, the data we do track can be wildly misleading. So as an example of that, uh, let's kind of take the example of like uh, having a PR or a media relations function. How do you even measure the ROI on that? It, the reality is, is you can't even measure the, the traffic from the referral itself because how many people see an article and then just go directly to your website or do a Google search? You're, you're never going to yeah, get yeah. that attribution. But we all know internally, right, that media relations and PR is kind of an important component of marketing. And then I think the last point I, I had on that or kind of the last big problem with uh, people relying too much on attribution is that uh, the models that we actually use to measure those touch points are not scientific at all. It's literally the equivalent of sticking your finger in there and like trying to feel which way the wind blows. Uh -huh. And that's whether it's 
you know, like linear, right? So like, or linear attribution, first touch, last touch, you know, middle touch. <laughs> like the point is like, there's dozens of these models, but at the end of the day, it's just some product manager or a marketer somewhere being like, hey, like, I, I think this is the way we should go. Yeah. So like stepping off my soapbox for a sec, I guess. <laughs> I think because of those reasons, what ends up happening is marketing ends up over-focused on some activities and completely ignores others. And the bottom line is that, at least in my opinion, too many companies look to attribution as a, a GPS when it's really supposed to be used like a compass. And, and yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, so, so what would you say the activities that are being left aside because of that relentless requirement to measure an, attribute, an attribution? Sure. Uh, I think it's a lot of things tied to brand. Anything squishy, right? Here's another example, right? Like, let's say um, you could even factor in a, a website redesign into that because I think it's also tied to the type of business you're in. So let's say, uh, you know, we sell, take the example of LoadSmart, actually. So we sell to Fortune 100 companies, really senior people at those companies. Uh, and it's really kind of an outbound marketing motion. Yep. At the same time, we know our website is really, really important. But how do you measure that in terms of ROI, right? Like it's not transactional. They're not going to come to our website and do business through our website. But there is an impact if one of our salespeople, for instance, gets like the VP of supply chain, let's say at Staples on the phone. And then that VP goes to check out our website and uh, can't find what they were just pitched on the phone. How, yeah. do you qualify? How do you quantify that? You can't. So there's always kind of, and I, so I, one, I think it's kind of tied to the type of business that you're in. But two, I think there will always be things that are hard to measure that we know like deep in our gut are wildly important. And even it's logical that they're important, but because attribution can only take you so far, uh, you get stuck. And I, I see that happening over and over again. I understand. So in the other end, then, is there a way to measure brand awareness? Yeah, I think there are. And I think, again, it depends on the, the stage of company that you're at, right, in terms of what resources you can put into measuring that. I think, number one, you can look at kind of organic branded searches for your company and how that trends over not over time. Hopefully, you actually have like a unique company name that isn't like Echo or something like that, right? But you could potentially manage kind of organic search for your brand. Uh, you can do stuff like uh, brand awareness surveys. And I think perhaps to a lesser extent, just kind of thinking about the relationship that you have with your customers, you could potentially look at stuff uh, that's similar to NPS scores. So kind of like how do people actually feel about your company uh, beyond just kind of being aware. And I think this is going to sound, I guess, a, a little bit sappy or too much pie in the sky. But I think uh, when you've really focused on brand marketing activities and specifically like building kind of brand affinity with the people you're trying to sell to, there is a buzz in the way that they engage with you. I think uh, as an example of that, uh, you know, Drift spent a lot of time, I think, focused on brand marketing. And as a result yeah. of that, you know, they were able to uh, launch their own event and, you know, sell it to capacity. Is that, a, you know, like, a, I think that's actually kind of a latent effect of them kind of spending so much time uh, defining their brand and really focusing on it. Yeah, great example as well they've done. They've done very well around that, to be fair. So yeah, that, that, that makes perfect sense. So in that case, do you believe that marketers are being less creative since they are expected to spend more time in doing an analytical and result-driven type of approach? Absolutely. Definitely. I think over the past 10 to 15 years, there's been a massive over-focus on both tech and on analytics. And as a result of, as a result of that, I think um, marketing became very transactional. 
right? So it was like, how many MQLs did you bring in? How many of those MQLs turned into SQLs? How did that turn into revenue? And we came, we became like so focused on transactional mar- uh, marketing that it really came at the cost of building a brand and building affinity with that brand. And when yeah. I say that, I really what I'm talking about is like building a brand and building an authentic connection with the people that you're actually trying to sell to. And it's crazy because I think you end up having like, you have marketers who know how, you know, they're like a, a grand wizard in Marketo or HubSpot, uh, but they don't know how to write. Uh, <laughs> they can't tell a story. Uh, and yeah. I also believe that the overfocus on analytics has actually gotten us further from the results we want. Because again, right, those attribution analyses are fundamentally flawed. It, they're only tracking the points you can track, and then they're weighting those touch points very arbitrarily. So if anything, I think the overfocus on analytics, while it's important, it actually gets us further away from the results that we want, which is, you know, for most people, revenue. So how would you suggest, you know, obviously, again, and you mentioned it a couple of times in the, in the conversation so far, it does depends on the type of organization. So I don't know how big is your team at LoadSmart. I don't know if you're on your own, but let's say you've got a small organization. You've got someone who's got maybe, you know, a, a CMO and two, three people in the organization worldwide. Of course, they won't be able to have someone with marketing operations, someone with content marketing, someone with online marketing, whatever it could be. You know, the, the, yeah. the team that you would have in the Coca-Cola, in you know, all those large organizations that may have like thousands of people in marketing. So if you, if you are limited with resources, Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure you'll say you, you'll agree that tools and analytics is, is quite important. It's, it's a part of it that you, you can't completely revoke from, from, your, from your, your, your sort of process. So how would you attribute the time? How much, how much should be spent on analytical driving results, communicating about what you are doing versus actually you know, being creative, thinking outside the box and, and making your prospect think that you know, you, you're coming up with the greatest campaign and wanting to engage with you? Yeah. So what I would say is I don't think they're mutually exclusive, like, you know, keeping an eye on the analytics and then also being able to think creatively. Uh, I think there's a balancing act to that. Right. And like, I think that also plays into kind of how you think about like the budget that supports those activities. Right. That was kind of my next question. Uh, Time and budget. So it's kind of how do you spread that? Because I completely understand what you are saying, but I put, you know, putting my CEO at on, <laughs> yeah. I still need to get some sort of measure. I need to get sure. a feel saying, you know, right, Matt is driving the right thing. I may sure. not be getting the MQLs, but all the prospects I meet, everything that I'm reading about my company is we are the new Rolex of, you know, or the BMW or whatever it could yeah, be. Like, yeah. you know, all those brands being associated to success and everything from a client's perspective. And while that, that could be just through conversation, you know, at, at the same time, I'm sure you need to justify the tools that you are using, your marketing budgets. And yep. I'm kind of trying to ask you a question around how do you go and get more money as a marketer without, yeah. you know, basically balancing both. As you say, it's a balancing act. So I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on that and how you, you go yeah. around. It's a hard question and it's a really good question. Really, really good. Because I think that's kind of, you know, it forces me to put my money where my mouth is, right? <laughs> um, so let me just say one thing upfront, and it may not be the thing that you'd want to hear as a CEO, right? Uh, right. There will be activities that you, your company should absolutely be doing that you will never be able to measure the ROI for, ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sounds scary. <laughs> uh, it should be scary, but it's just, it's, it's the way it is. And you can kind of like talk around it a little bit, you know, like, oh, like, well, maybe it will increase our conversion rate 0.5% on the website. And that results in X many leads, X many opportunities, X many meetings, X many deals, right? You can do that, but it really like you're 
you're you're just trying to make yourself feel better for making that investment. So yeah, yeah. maybe that's controversial, but that's kind of how I, I think about it. There will always be things that you can't measure. How does that relate to how I think about splitting budget and activity? Because um, at the end of the day, I think uh, it's a compromise, right? So how I am personally, let me just start by saying that like I would right now invest more in brand, but there's obviously pressure from my boss. There's pressure from senior leadership to focus on uh, like demand gen activities that are more kind of typically uh, trackable, right? So I'll, I'll tell you kind of how I think about it and how I like the framework I use for doing that. So what I do is I first start with figuring out, basically doing the reverse funnel math to identify, to keep the rest, of, to keep my uh, peers and my boss and the management team happy. How many, whether it's leads, MQLs, you know, however you define top of the funnel, right? Use the reverse funnel math to basically backtrack out what you need to be spending in a, you know, a typical demand gen program, right? Or demand gen programs across a quarter to hit that quarterly target, yep. assuming it's a revenue target. That's going to take a massive chunk of change out of your budget, right? Like that's just going to, and you have to do it because it is a compromise with other people on your team. So that's number one. So I'm using reverse funnel math to backtrack out the demand gen budget. Um, and that chunk is spoken for. Then there's also, you know, the tools and tech I need. So I'm carving that out. But typically what ends up happening is, is like after you've kind of done your funnel analysis, you've come up with your quarterly targets in terms of like what you need to hit. And then also the costs and campaigns that you know you need to run, right, to actually hit that target, there's going to be a chunk of budget that's left over almost always, right? And typically, the way I think about that is I'll go to senior management and say, hey, I'm signing up for this lead target, this opportunity target, this customer target. Um, I'm going to use this amount of money to actually go out and get those leads or MQLs, however you want to define it. But there's this chunk of budget that's left over that I'm going to be using to build brand aware or not necessarily brand awareness. I like to say brand affinity, brand affinity with the people we're trying to sell to, you know, that could be roughly 20 to 30% of the budget. Typically it's closer to 20. And the other thing I would say there is that uh, what we do is we uh, we're an ABM shop, right? So we're account-based marketing, account-based sales. Yeah. So what I can do is when I, when we talk about those brand activities, right. Uh, depending on the platform, you can get a glimpse into what companies are actually engaging with that brand content. Right. So, for instance, LinkedIn, if I run sponsored video and target it to the prospects and companies that we're actively trying to get into, I can see whether or not those companies engage with the content. Um, So that's kind of how I think about it. You know, start with the demand gen, figure out the targets that you need to hit uh, to one, hit your revenue number, but two, keep everyone happy. Uh, You know, carve out what you need for tools, but then kind of with that chunk of budget that's left over, I would dedicate that to brand. And to be honest, like if I didn't have to make those compromises, I'd probably invest even more in brand. Simply because not to like, you know, go on a diatribe, but if you think about it, content's becoming more saturated, ad budgets are going up, compounding roughly 20% year over year. So like those typical like demand gen ploys or playbook, you know, that demand gen playbook is rapidly becoming stale and more expensive. So I would actually argue that, you know, going into the next five years, a company's ability to generate demand is actually going to be infinitely better or more efficient. By doing by uh, building brand and building brand affinity, than it would be trying to do any typical uh, marketing playbook, you know, like gated content, gated webinar, ads supporting that stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I talked a lot. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, it makes perfect sense. I think, I think you know, you're right. It's kind of the it's the feeling you've got when you go when you go inside a shop and the website. You're right. I mean, the difficulty of the topic today is that. I think you you kind of need to measure some stuff because you 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 can't get away with it. 
But I think what we are saying is like, look, you still need to think about your brand. You need to think about the longer term. Don't just get, because if not, we, everybody will do email campaigns, which is kind of yeah. a little bit dead now, but very easy to manage, very easy to measure the results. Someone respond to the email, what well, they're interested. If they don't respond, well, technically they're not interested. Yeah. But um, I think, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with the, with the way to go about it. And, 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 and I guess for me, from my personal perspective, which is may not be the, the, the perspective of all the audience, what I really wanted to get from you today is, you know, what sort of percentage of budgets, percentage of time would you be allocating to the brand? And I think if we were to get a rough number, it would be around 20%. So yeah. just like a fifth of, of time and a fifth of the, of the budget, which, you know, kind of makes sense to me you know uh, it's 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 important i think to invest i may be thinking about it from a different perspective because operatic is a company that i started you know i was there from day one so -hmm. the name operatic is the brand really means something to me so i want the brand to do well and the brand to thrive and it may be different when you are in an organization that is a bit larger and people may not say it in the same perspective, but 20% seems fair. And I think that's, that's approximately what we are trying to do. Uh, I've said that already on a few, um, on a few episodes, but, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of refreshing because I was probably on the opposite side thinking, you know, brand PR, what's the point? You know, how do you can't measure? Well, it's, it's useless. Up until the point where I started to get into conversation with prospects that I was meeting at events or even yep. people emailing me and saying, look, we just would like to, we're really interested to work with operatics. We just, you know, we kind of validated the references and stuff. We already spoke to people. Lots of people speak about you guys. And, you know, there is a good vibes around you. There is a buzz around you. But I just don't know if I can afford your services. So mm-hmm. um, I wanted to speak to you and see if, you know, Am I too small? Am I the right size to, to work with you? But basically, people approaching you saying, well, you seem to be doing so great that I don't know if I've got enough money for you. you see, it's got to be very expensive for the result that I believe you are delivering. And that, yep. from my perspective, is actually his brand. And, and, and we started that really three years ago to get that sort of feedback. And they keep on going since. And, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work to be done. It's a lot for us. It's community building. We're going to be working on our website this year as well, because, you know, we, we've done a lot of things that are offline, if you will, that are not really, as you mentioned with your example, with staples, you can't find them online. So we need to be more consistent. So we're doing all those things, but that 20% seems fair. And I think you, 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 you really the, the nail on the head with that one. So Matt, if anyone uh, of our audience would like to, to carry on the conversation with you out of the podcast and out of the session today, what's, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. So people can find me on LinkedIn uh, or shoot me an email. Uh, my LinkedIn is uh, forward slash MC Fleming. Feel free to ping me there. Uh, I love talking about this kind of stuff. Uh, alternatively, if you want to hit, reach me up by email, you can hit me up at Matthew.Fleming with one M at loadsmart.com. That's wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your insight today, Matt. It was a great pleasure to have you on the show. It was a pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. 
To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.